Welcome to Flowing East and West, the perfectly imperfect journey to a fulfilled life. I'm Ann Roby, an HR advisor and consultant focused on building strong employee engagement and meaningful company culture. And I'm Sherry Essig, an executive and life coach, and I work with people who are done settling for less than success and happiness. So, you know, Anne, it's always so interesting to me how frequently we start thinking about what's our next topic going to be for an episode that you and I are doing. And so often before we even start brainstorming, I feel like the idea just presents itself to us. And that happened a bit with this episode when we realized it's going to drop almost exactly midway through the year. I know we're both fans of using milestone dates as an opportunity for reflection because we both Actually, think- I'm not. I usually think milestone dates are kind of bullshit, but we can get into that later. So reflection is never bad. And it's a good point, Anne, that there's different times that feel better and worse for reflection for all of us or feel more or less appropriate for all of us. I know you have some thoughts on why it can be really helpful to reflect back and why this time of year might be a good idea to do some looking back. Yeah. My thing is just, I don't think there's anything magical about January 1st. I don't think there's anything magical about any particular date. And that's really sort of the point is that, you know, at the beginning of the year, we had our beginning of the year episode called Ditch the Resolutions, which was really about letting go of this kind of January 1st and everybody has to, you know, come up with their goals and how they're going to achieve them for the year, which we all know never, ever works. So Back in January, we suggested that we actually sort of think about themes for the year, to be a little bit kinder to ourselves, to be a little bit gentler to ourselves. And yet, you know, here we are kind of mid-year-ish, and I'm wondering, like, you know, how are those going? Are, Are the themes that both you and I picked, as well as maybe some of our listeners, are they still even relevant? Did we do anything about them? I'm really kind of, you know, inquiring minds want to know on this one, Sherry. I remember you had really talked about the idea of spaciousness. And I'm wondering, how was that theme for your year going? So this is a really interesting time to be talking about spaciousness. I was super clear coming into this year that that was what I wanted my theme for the year to be. And, you know, just the the quick reminder of why I picked that was one of the things that became really clear to me during the pandemic, and there was no crazy running around for me, was how much I enjoyed this sense of there's enough time, there's lots of space. And so as things started heating back up, I was really clear coming into this year that I want to maintain this sense of spaciousness. A lot of that is internal, right? A lot of that is what's my mindset about what I have going on? What are my practices around staying calm and keeping this sense of spaciousness? So I have a couple practices around it. One is I have a little mantra I write every morning in my journal, but I am really getting put to the test right now because I have a lot of travel that has ramped up. And the other night it hit me, oh my gosh, I have travel every single month this year except for three months. And I found myself starting to tighten up a bit, right? And starting to be in this place of, oh my gosh, how am I going to have time for everything? I will say having this as a theme made me so much more in tune with, wait a minute here, I know what to do. I know I need to get myself regrounded. I know I need to check in with my mindset. And so I would say in terms of how it's going, it's exactly the right theme for me. It is standing the test of time as the right theme. And it's a reminder that I have to actively work with it. Right. 
Right. And then it's not just something that will happen sort of magically if you just wish it to be so. Exactly. Right. It's not that I declared spaciousness and now I don't have to do anything else. I don't have to think about it again. It's something I really have to stay connected to. How about you? Yeah. You know, it's interesting because we're calling this episode the the mid-year reset because the opportunity is to really think about what is serving us, what isn't serving us. So it sounds like for you, spaciousness is still sort of right on the money. I think that's true for me as well. You know, I really talked about gratitude, but I talked about gratitude via the lens of presence. You know, I put some things in place to try to help me be more present, acknowledge the good things in my life. And there's a few things we can say about that in a few more minutes. But the specific idea of the theme still sort of resonates for me. I mean, I I do think if I think towards the second half of my year, I'm also getting really, really busy as well. Fun stuff, good stuff, but busy. And so I might flip those a little bit in terms of order of importance for me. So really my theme was gratitude and I was going to get there via presence, but I really think focus on presence, which will get me to gratitude and some other things, will be really important for some of the same reasons that you just talked about. Life is moving a little bit faster, mostly good stuff, but it gets easy to fall back into that habit or that pattern of I'm so busy and I feel like a hamster on a habit trail or something. And so for me, my reset is to slow down again, take a look at maybe some of the things that I'm doing that aren't really helpful to me and really focus on this idea of being present in as many moments as possible. It's hard to do it all the time, but as many moments as possible for sure. So one of the things that just popped into my head as you were talking is Sometimes it is a reset, and you're describing a really good example. It's a small reset for you, right? It's not a dramatic start over kind of thing. And sometimes it's a re-upping. You know, this is still the right one for me, and I want to make sure that I'm recommitting to it. There's something about this mid-year reflection reset, recommitting. I think all of those are good words because I think for most of us, we get caught up in all the things that carry us along through life. Just being really mindful and aware of how do I want to be moving through my day? How do I want to be moving through the second half of this year is just so helpful. Yeah. We could spend this whole episode talking about exactly what you just said, but what I'm going to suggest is people actually go back and take a listen to the Ditch the Resolutions episode from January if they're interested in learning more about this, because we did quite a bit on it back then. What I think might be helpful today, Sherry, is to talk a little bit more about how we keep that theme sort of front and center, how we move towards whatever our goals or our themes or whatever it is that we're wanting to bring into our lives, how we move towards that kind of mindfully. And I know you've done a lot of work around practices, especially I love your thoughts around micro practices. So I want to put one more thing into the conversation then I want to turn it back over to you because I I really think you have such a great approach when you think about practices. But I'm lucky enough to be in a yoga training right now for the year, and we are studying some of the yoga sutras, and I don't need to get in the depth of what that is. It's just basically some of the tenets and the philosophies of yoga, if you will. 
And the very first one is translated differently depending on who you listen to, but it's basically your yoga begins now. And you could think about that in so many different ways, but as we were preparing for this episode, I really think it has so much to do with our themes, the practices that we want to potentially bring in to support us with our themes or our goals or whatever. And it's not like this thing sometime in the future. It's sort of the reason why I have a reaction to dates. Like I think dates are kind of BS, right? Like it, to me, it's like the yoga begins now, the gratitude begins now, the presence begins now, the spaciousness begins now. That also means when I forget about it in the next 36 hours or three weeks or two months, it can begin then again. And so I love that thought of every moment is an opportunity. Yeah. And I couldn't agree with that more. Such a perfect setup for me to talk a little bit about some of my thoughts on practice and why I just think practice is the foundation for everything. It's how we learn new things. It's how we reinforce new habits. It's what helps us stay on track. It's what helps us get back on track. I just think it's the absolute foundation on which everything rests. And One of the things about practice is whether somebody decides, I want to be more grounded or I want to start speaking up more in meetings, right? Anything, we have to start by practicing. There is no magic light switch where we decide we want something to be different and therefore it's different. And the thing with practice is that it has to be sustainable. You use the analogy a lot about you wouldn't just lace up your tennis shoes and go run a marathon tomorrow. Everything is an opportunity for practice. Every practice is an action, and every action is practice. Wait, hold on. There's a little mic drop moment. I feel like I'm on a little bit of a yoga kick today, but it somewhat reminds me of that Descacharya quote that everything is yoga if done with mindfulness and breath. And so to your point, every action could be a practice, and all of our practices would be actions as well. Absolutely. If I talk about a meditation practice, there is an action involved with that. I am meditating. It is a verb, right? And so therefore it is an action. If part of what I want to have a meditation practice for is to be more aware of not getting stuck in the thoughts in my head, every time I am sitting in a meeting or I'm getting a little bored or I'm getting distracted in my real life, that is an opportunity to practice bringing my mind back to the present. And I could give a million examples of that. Every single thing we do is an opportunity to practice something. And so coming back to this idea of reflecting on how your year has been going so far, a really great question to ask yourself is, have I put some things in place to really practice living from this theme? I love that. So I remember when we talked about our themes for the year at the beginning of the year, and you spoke about spaciousness, you really talked about not sort of waiting till last minute for something like packing a a suitcase or something. What are some other practices that you have for bringing spaciousness into your life? So I mentioned one at the very beginning, which is first thing I write in my journal every morning is today I choose to live from a place of spaciousness. The second thing I write is everything that needs to get done will get done. And I'd say that's both a journaling practice and a mindset practice. So that's one practice. Another practice I have that's very linked to that is 
I have a tendency to carry a running to-do list in my head. And I have really been practicing that every single time I notice that that is running through my head, I just quietly say to myself without moving my lips, everything that needs to get done will get done. I put those in the category of mindset practices. But then there are some other things around really paying attention to when am I starting to feel like a contraction, which is often the way I feel when I'm not feeling spacious. So does that mean like you you feel like a physical contraction or do you mean more like an emotional or what do you mean by a contraction? I feel it physically. I experience it as like a clenching almost. I don't think I am really clenching, but that's how it feels to me. And so I also let that be a trigger for just pausing and taking three, four, five breaths. And so that's another practice that can bring me back to a little bit more of a sense of spaciousness. So I'll give you a very real-world example. We're going out of town for the weekend on Friday. I have had a really, really busy week. I have just a bizarre week where I've got a bunch of doctor appointments. They're all unrelated. They just kind of all happen to fall into this week. And I'm having this feeling of, how am I going to get everything done? Oh my gosh, I'm starting to feel crazy creeping in. And it's been really, really useful to just be present to that feeling, which is a practice, and to remind myself what needs to get done is going to get done. So those are some of the examples for me. How about for you around practices you were using for gratitude and practices you might bring in as you're shifting a little bit to presence? Yeah, I might ask for your help there with the presence one, but with gratitude, a couple things, some very similar. So I have a gratitude journal. It's funny now that I'm going to admit something here. I was really good about writing in it literally every night. I would just find three things that I was grateful for. Even on really tough days, I would still, you know, grateful for my dog. I'm grateful for the beautiful weather, whatever. And on wonderful days, and I was able to be, you know, even more sort of effusive. And then the second thing I was really trying to do is I think as humans, we're really good at catching people doing something wrong. And so I tried really hard to notice when something went really well. And even as recently as yesterday, when my washing machine shredded my comforter and my entire day got blown up because I had to run around and find a new washer and find a new comforter and just really blew my day up, I just noticed, and maybe this goes to some of the presents, but I just noticed how, you know, my kind of... MO, you know, we had an episode on Enneagram a few episodes ago, and we talked about how type eights lead with strength and force and power often. And so my MO would normally just be to power through. You know, I chatted up the guy at the appliance store. We had a little bit of a giggle. We, you know, as opposed to just using brute force, which would be my normal MO, I tried to be a lot more in gratitude that this dude was able to help me. You know, when I tried to order appliances a year ago for another project I was doing, I couldn't get them because everything was stuck on ships somewhere. I just had this notice yesterday of being really kind of willing to stay in the moment and be super grateful for this person that was able to help me. And indeed, hopefully sometime today, I will have a new washer delivered. And so I think with gratitude, it's been kind of a noticing and a journaling practice similar to your practice. Presence, I don't know that I've come up with anything great on yet. Want to do a little brainstorming? Yeah, sure. Live and in the moment. Right. But before we do that, I just want to comment on something you just said, because you just gave a beautiful example of practice for the sake of practice 
and practice an action, an action being practice, which is your gratitude journal is practice for practice. It's something you were doing. You were doing it for the purpose of practicing gratitude. What happened in the appliance store was you taking a real life moment and your actions in that moment you used to practice gratitude. So it's such a good example that everything's an opportunity to practice. I love that because I I think sometimes, especially in times of stress, and I was definitely stressed yesterday running around trying to get all this done. It's easy to fall out of these things that we, these commitments that we've made to ourselves. I wasn't consciously thinking about being grateful, but I do remember having that moment of just having a little bit of a giggle with this guy that was, you know, we were just chatting and being friendly and I felt a bunch of gratitude towards him. And it's interesting. There wasn't a consciousness to it. So thank you for noticing that. I appreciate it. Yeah. All right. So back to presence. So just say a little bit more about what presence really looks like for you. Yeah. A lot of us, we live in a some would call it a VUCA. You can look, you can look that up. A VUCA world, a, a world that's moving super fast, a world where we're getting sort of pulled in a lot of different directions. And it's really easy for me, I'll speak in the first person, to get pulled into trying to do 14 things at once. And so for me, there's so much about presence, about literally being in the moment. That's one big one. And then I'd say the second big one, and I noticed this just yesterday, I was having some regretful feelings about something that happened recently. And I had the TV on, I was having this slightly regretful feeling about something, and I grabbed my phone. I was like, wait, am I going to go numb by scrolling through Instagram? Like, I really had to bring consciousness to the fact that I was picking up my phone as a device to distract myself from this uncomfortable thought that I was having. And so to me, it's both the really, truly being in the moment and then not shying away from the tough stuff. That is such a fabulous setup for going a little deeper with practice because sometimes where we really have to start with practice is becoming aware when we are doing something. Because there's a difference between I'm going to walk into this interaction and I'm really committed to being present and by intention, really being present. There's a big difference between that and having the presence of mind, to play on words a little bit, having the presence of mind to notice when you're checking out. So let's do a little brainstorming on a practice for each of those pieces. What are some of the ways you might practice expanding your capacity for being present? Because that's really what you're talking about, right? Is having more ability to stay with it. For me, it starts with what you've already said, and that's kind of noticing when I'm not. So that's where it really starts. And I think there's something about kind of the first one that is the fact that I feel pulled in so many directions and I have a pretty big capacity to get things done. And so I will squish a lot of things into trying to get things done. And so there might be something there for me about sequencing or prioritizing such that it's not just whatever the last thing that came into my mind <laughs> that I then flit to to get done, but rather I'm a little bit more thoughtful and planful about how I move through my day, for instance. So there might be something there, because as you said early on, I'm a big believer in start small. So there might be something to play with where maybe you have a practice where at the beginning of the day you do plan out your day, but then the real practice is you pick an hour, you just target, you just say, okay, from two to three, I am going to really be mindful 
of how present am I being to what I'm doing. Okay. So really, really paying attention to it. Really paying attention to it. I like the macro piece, which is, okay, start working on, can you start structuring your days a little bit differently, right? Or can you be a little bit more intentional in your planning? That's great. That can help create the structure. You'd be working on building a habit of planning your day like that. And to really cultivate sticking with it and being present to it, there's a piece around working on how aware are you of how present you're being as you're doing it. So one is a bit of changing the conditions, creating a different kind of structure. And the other is a practice around your awareness. Yeah, I love that. It sort of speaks somewhat to the second piece as well that I'm curious about exploring around when things get tough. Because what I like about the practice that you're suggesting is there's something in that hour of noticing what pulls me out or noticing when it's easy. I think that that could help inform me also when things get tough. Yeah, no, you're speaking to something really, really important because part of practice is also then reflecting on what you're learning because that's how you start to identify, oh, what worked well for me? What derailed me? Where did I get pulled away? What helped me stay really present? And the more that we can identify what trips us up, the more it creates endless opportunities to practice something else, right? But if you really think about it, almost everything is practice. I mean, the the other thing I really like about what you're saying is one of the articles that I read to prepare for today really broke down how to start forming new habits. And, you know, it really said just, just plain old willpower and motivation. Simple is better. So the macro to the micro, like what you're talking about, um, being present to our emotions is also something that was noted as super important. And so when I do get that hour done and I, you know, really pay attention to somewhat celebrate it, to somewhat pat myself on the back for, I sort of got that done and good job or give myself a check mark, or as you like to say, your gold star or, you know, whatever. The one thing we haven't talked about is the, the fourth leg of the article that I read at least is anchoring it to existing routines. So that's sort of interesting to think about, could I anchor it to something specific? According to this one particular author, it might be helpful and useful. So I need to think about what that might be because my days don't tend to be terribly regimented. It is really, really helpful on a lot of things to anchor it to a routine. Anytime you can hook a new habit you're trying to develop or a shift you're trying to make to something that's already in place, it's a whole lot easier because you're not really implementing something brand new. You don't have to do all the pieces. And I'm wondering if because you are really wanting to be able to have more presence no matter what, it might make some sense to shake it up. But maybe it's for a week, you anchor your presence practice to something already in place. Yeah, like walking the dog, for instance. Right. And maybe the next week you anchor it to something like, okay, I'm going to pick a meeting that I'm going to be in. And it doesn't have to be the same meeting every time, but I'm going to anchor it to a meeting. Because you're really wanting to cultivate this skill or increase your skillfulness around it in kind of any situation. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. 
you know? So some things make sense because they're always going to be anchored to that thing. Once you build the habit, it's it can get pretty rock solid. But something where lots of different things can knock us for a loop, it can be really helpful to practice those in different ways. That's super helpful. So you all just got to experience just a tiny bit of Sherry Essek and the fabulous coach of Flow Dynamics, but that's super, super helpful. So Maybe we should do a check-in at the end of the year to sort of see uh, how things went on some of these different practices. I'll mention something else around the awareness piece because awareness is its own skill, right? Like really being able to observe yourself is a really, really useful skill. And I have really been noticing for me with spaciousness that it's really connected to lots of other choices I make during the day. So that's just, that's a useful thing to tuck into the back of your head. And for our listeners, when you're working on something like this, to just keep your antenna up. Are there just things that make it easier and harder, as you said earlier, but to just really notice, are there things in the moment that you can get better and better at catching yourself in? Sherry, this is super helpful for me personally, and hopefully super helpful for our listeners as well. I'm just curious, sort of where do we go from here? What do you think some next steps are for kind of a mid-year reset or reaffirming and for building some practices? So the first thing I would say is hold this with a lot of self-compassion and self-kindness because this is not about looking back to the theme you set or a goal you set and using it to assess whether you were successful or not. You don't want to set yourself up for finding all the things you did wrong. So that's the very, very first thing. The next thing is there's really not a right or a wrong way to go about this. What can be helpful is to carve out a little bit of time to reflect and to just, I think it can be really helpful to do some freeform writing or if you're just out walking with a friend that you want to talk to about it, to really think about okay, here was what I said as my theme. Does that still resonate? As you said at the beginning of this conversation, does that still resonate? And if it doesn't resonate, then pick a new one. If it does resonate and it's like, oh, it really resonated, it still resonated, I did great for a month and I kind of forgot all about it, you begin again. It's that first yoga sutra. Yoga begins now. That's the next piece. Then the third piece I would say is to really think about what are you putting in place to support yourself, which is what practices do. They support us. They help us build our skills. And so to think about what skill do I need to build or what internal capacity do I need to expand to really be able to live from this theme? And that might mean that you spend the next month just noticing what gets in your way, what supports you, and you build from there. It's a bit of a... Look at where you started, adjust, restart if you need to restart, refine if you need to refine, and then go forth and practice. (laughs) Go forth and conquer. I love it. Well, super helpful for me, Sherry, and hopefully for our listeners, really hoping that's helpful for you too. So we are encouraging you to think about your themes. What are the things you want to bring into your life and bring in those really small steps in order to move you towards where you're trying to get to. But for today, that's going to wrap up our episode. We really hope you enjoyed it and would love it if you would share our podcast with a friend, give us a rating on iTunes, or post it to your own social media. We can't tell you how much it helps us for you to do that and how much our hearts are touched when you do. So thank you for those of you that are already doing it. We really, really appreciate it. 
You can also find info and previous episodes at flowingeastandwest.com. Please join us next time for Flowing East and West, the perfectly imperfect journey to a fulfilled life.